Welcome to today's episode of Conversations. I'm Lisa and I am joined by my husband, John. Now, before we get started, I want you to know that Conversations is part of actually a larger messenger network, which includes the Godmother with myself. Let's talk about it with sons and daughters. And there's a new one that we're going to be surprising you about that's going to be launching. But today we're having a conversation that came highly requested from our listeners, John. Yeah. They said, hey, hey, as your conversation podcast family, this is something we want to know. So we are answering their questions on how and why to read the Bible. It's good. But before we do, I want to remind you, if you haven't already, you can subscribe, rate the show. And this actually really helps us get the message out. And when you do leave a review, sometimes we even read it on the show. Today, we're going to read the review from Kristen. She said, okay, I, it seems kind of like we're bragging, but it says, I absolutely adore the Beveers and look forward to sitting down with my journal for note-taking while I listen to their wisdom. I pray this podcast continues to reach more people. That is so precious. That is really precious, Kristen. A lot of people say that we are Kristen. Kristen. A lot of people I, say, I say Christian? I thought you I'm said sorry. Christian. Yeah, Christian. She probably is a Christian. But I, feel, I, I think a lot of people are like, hey, we really love them. They're just like an old couple. Talking. We're not an old couple. We Don't are, use the word old and us in look the at, same Look at that sentence. hair. Okay. Okay. You We're tra- young at heart. He we renews our strength, right? We are. The we Bible are. says he renews our strength every day. Mature. When I'm are we 90, mature? I'm going to say I'm are young. Are we mature? We're co- okay, I'll go okay. with that one. Okay. We're mature. Right. You go ahead. So, uh, you know, Lisa did bring up that um, we're going to be talking about something that I just personally feel, Lisa, this is so important because in all my travels, I am discovering more and more how many believers are ignorant of the Word of God, the Scriptures. Wait, wait, wait. don't they get it on Instagram? You know, and that's uh, that's really even scarier that you say that. Um, they'll go for devotions, they'll go for blogs, they'll go for articles, but they will not sit down and read the Bible. And to be honest with you, Lisa, that should be the number one book that every single human being turns to. I mean, you know, if you... If you get a ticket, you know, you're out and you're breaking the speed limit, or let's say you run a red light, and you look at the officer and say, well, I thought red meant go. He'll laugh at you and give you a ticket for not even knowing the rules of the road. Unless it's John Bevere and you're colorblind. And then <laughs> but what the, point, the point being is there was a lot, of, um, a lot of effort and a lot of God's miraculous workings that got the Scriptures into our hands. There were a time when people didn't have the scriptures. We see nations that they're crying out for Bibles, and they just want, I, I, you know, we just had a testimony from Iran last week, and this man, because he was being watched very carefully by the secret police, said that I felt like I had no air to breathe because I couldn't read the scripture. And I'm looking at America, and we've got, you know, four or five Bibles in our houses, and yet, but we're not reading them. And so it's really important uh, what what our partners have asked, what our listeners have asked, they've said, hey, talk to us about reading the Scripture. If you look at Jesus, the one thing they said about Jesus over and over, they said, how can he be so learned when he's never formally studied the Scriptures? So obviously, in the first 30 years of his life, Jesus immersed himself in the Word of God. In that time, it would have been the Torah and the Prophets and the Psalms and Proverbs. And he went to the temple and learned and asked questions and interacted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And you look at the first the first major temptation that the Bible illustrates. Satan actually comes to him and says, if you're the Son of God, turn this 
bread into uh, into uh, turn, turn, turn the, stone the stone into, into bread. bread. Yes. And what is Jesus's response? It's the scripture. It is written. Then the enemy even uses. No, wait, wait, go further. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds, not proceeded past tense. But isn't the word of, of the God mouth alive? Of God. It's a lie. Yes. Okay. And that's why for 40 years, when I've sat down to read the scripture, uh, almost on a daily basis, it's very rare I miss, I will ask the Holy Spirit to please teach me, open my eyes, enlighten my eyes, because he is the teacher. And it's very, very important that we have his involvement. Otherwise, we're getting stories, we're getting rules, we're getting regulations. And the Bible actually says, if you, ha- if you read the word without the Spirit's assistance, it kills. Yeah, so the Bible says the letter kills. But the Spirit gives, gives life. life. So what I believe is the Spirit animates what is written. So the Holy Spirit animates what we see written in the Word of God. And so you both you need both. So if there's someone out there that said, wow, I had no idea that I could pray before I read the Bible. I know that's something you taught me when we first got born again, that every time I opened up my Bible to ask the Holy Spirit to give me eyes to see what God would want to show me. You gave me Ephesians 1, 16 through, I think, 21, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I might know. Not just study, but that I might no. Yeah, because knowledge puffs up. Knowledge brings you to pride. So when you ask the Holy Spirit, I need you, after 40, over 40 years of walking with him, that is, um, that is an actual humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And you want that humility because God teaches the humble his ways. Right. Scripture tells us that. Yes. And so that's why I don't trust myself to read that Bible without the help of the Holy Spirit. And when I ask him, I ask him in faith. Now, I want to give some statistics. Oh, I was going to read that and ask yeah. you these other questions. Can you go ahead and do yes, it? Yes, let yeah. me read this. Okay, you guys, this is actually crazy. All this right, is crazy. listen to this. Stats on Bible reading. So the Center for Bible Engagement polled 40,000 Americans and found that when people engage with Scripture four times per week, okay, so this isn't even every day. This is just four times a week engage with Scripture. They were... 74% less likely to gamble. Do you hear that? Yeah. 74% less likely to gamble. Those that read scripture, 61% less likely to view pornography. 57% less likely to get drunk. 68% less likely to have sex outside of marriage. 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. This one's the big one. more likely to share their faith with others. And double that, 407%, 407% more likely to memorize scriptures. Okay, so here's some of these benefits. And maybe people out there, they didn't even know it's benefit, but they think, I don't even know how to get started. John, can you share what your daily practice of getting into God's word looks like? Well, again, I usually ask the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to read? So I'll hear him say, in my heart, I'll be praying, and I'll just feel drawn to start at Genesis, or to read the book of Matthew, or to read the the prophets, um, or one particular book. Aren't you going through your whole Bible, though, right now? Yeah, I do. I do that, but I like to do it, though, asking the Holy Spirit, which book now? Because I I, I think that that what that does is create an anticipation to hear from him as I'm reading. I mean, Lisa, right now... So you're not just systematic? I don't like to be systematic, although I do highly recommend it for young believers. 
So I've read the Bible so many times that I'm just like, Holy Spirit, what, what book do you really want to speak to me out of right now? Like right now I'm going through the book of Psalms, and I just finished First John. In the book of Psalms yesterday, I saw something. I mean, I've read this Bible for 40 years. I saw something yesterday morning and shared it with me. I shared it with you. I shared it with our team. I sent out about 12 texts Mm -hmm. yesterday sharing Psalm 16 verses five and six, because it spoke. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly from that portion of scripture. And what was crazy? Wait, I just want to pause a moment. You were sharing about that. You got on the phone with our oldest son and he said to you, Dad, I had just journaled, journaled on it. Psalm 16 the day before. I think so, it was, yeah, two days yeah, earlier. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And, and so um, I have a, a tremendous anticipation. I, I, I get up in the morning and I, I, I pray. Upstairs, I go up to our loft and I pray and really connect with the Lord. And then I just can't wait to get down and start reading the Bible. Now, this is a guy that's read it for 40 years, and I remember one time hearing a preacher when I was a young man, and he was a preacher that fell, and it was one of the the biggest scandals in the 1980s. But I remember him saying before the fall, he said, it's very hard for me to read the Bible because I've been reading it for over 40 years. And I thought to myself, that shouldn't be. If the Holy Spirit is our teacher, he's not going to run out of insights, revelations, because we're going we're gonna to come to know God throughout all of eternity. And God is not so shallow that we read his book that he got into our hands. And, and this is how I know this book is inspired, because I can read the same psalm you know, or the same chapter or the same verse so many times, but then all of a sudden I see something totally different in it. I was, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's something that maybe you didn't, it's always been there, but it wasn't emphasized last time you read it, or you didn't see it because you weren't ready to see it. Yeah. And you, it's, I remember coming to you so many times and saying, I don't know how I have read this so many times yeah. and missed it. And I don't know how I've missed it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait, how did I miss that? And then, you, then you go back and you look at it and you go, Wait, is that really? Yes, that's true. And so it's alive. It speaks something different. It it emphasizes something different. Okay. Now, so, I, and I do want to say something. Yeah. I do have a goal to get through so many chapters, but I never, ever make that goal the priority. The priority for me is to connect. Yeah. I want to connect with the Holy Spirit. So I have literally had times, Lisa, where I've spent 35 minutes on about five or six scriptures. Yeah. I just couldn't get off of them because the Holy Spirit was speaking to me so much, illuminating things so much. My, you know, y- your mind, your mind, it's almost like your mind starts going along another tangent where you start bringing in other scriptures you've read and you're like, it oh, all wow, pieces together, it all like pieces a together, right? All right. So now we've talked about some of that practice. Now I'm, another question that came in, how and, or what does it mean to meditate on God's word. I bet we have two different approaches on this, but yeah. I want you to answer it first. Um, you know, one of the greatest, easiest ways for me to get to sleep at night is I just start thinking about a scripture and applying it to my life or to a situation. So when and you say that's what it means to meditate, to Meditate apply means it? to muse. It means mm-hmm. to roll over. It means to, it, you, you're actually, I think about it like chewing food. You don't swallow your food until you chew it. So when you meditate on a scripture, you rehearse it to yourself, then you start opening your heart 
and thinking, okay, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to my family? How does this apply to those that are close to me? How does this apply to making me more effective in reaching people? And you start thinking about that scripture in the light of these different questions. And you just roll over it. You roll over it. You, you speak it to yourself. You think it to yourself. You just sit there and think about maybe two words, two, two key words in that, that verse. And you just let it keep rolling over. Well, what happens is, I believe it goes from your head to your heart. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when Jesus looks at Satan and says, it is written, that scripture was so burning in his heart. Now, he is the living word, right? right. right. But it's burning in him so strong that it comes out of his heart, not out of his head. And there's a lot of people I know that you can tell when they, when they recite a scripture, they're like, they've got this in their head, but it's really not a part of them. Right. Meditation is what makes the word become flesh in you. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I do it different. I, I, I do that. Yeah. But then I also, especially when you look at interactions, so if it's an interaction, like, okay, Sarah and Abraham, when the angels come and they're like, where is your wife, Sarah? And he's like, she's in the tent. And, they're, you know, she's laughing inside at a promise. And, and you know, and they're like, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? So it was very fascinating to me that Sarah's the one that laughed, but Abraham's the one that got questioned. And then if you go back to Genesis 17, you see that God told Abraham that he was going to give Sarah a son. And so he's like, so is this the first time she's hearing about this? And so I will try to say, I'm going to pretend like I'm an observer in the tent with Sarah. And I'm listening into this conversation that's happening outside of the tent. And I'm watching a woman hiding in a tent because she is so connected with disappointment. That's really good. So I meditate by being part of it. Okay. I love that. I mean, you said that. So I don't want that. I want that emphasized. So let's do another example. So you're thinking I'm one of the 12 sitting in the boat, watching Peter walk on the water and thinking, okay, I I look at what he's doing. Then all of a sudden he starts sinking and thinking about that's really good, Lisa. Yeah. So I try to, so it's an interaction. It's not just an observation. Yeah. I'm there and I'm like, what would I be feeling and what would it look like? Okay, so then this is a great question. How do you make space for time with God on busy days? On busy days. That's a really good question. Because sometimes we get up at 4 a.m. and catch a flight. Right. Yeah. I think it's very important to carve out time if if possible. So if I am getting up at 4 a.m. to catch a flight, I'm going to make sure the first thing I do when I get on that flight is open up my Bible and just start reading on that flight. Um, I, you, you also listen to the Bible on CD in, I, in your car or whatever, not CD, whatever do. it is in well, your car. I've got this uh, Bible app, and it's really yeah, amazing. Yeah, we've got the Dwell. It's called Dwell. Yep, Dwell That's Bible what it is. Yep. And um, I'll go to the gym. I'll have Dwell on. And I'll just pick, like, one of the Gospels, and I'll just listen to it while I'm working out. Um, I can listen to Dwell while I'm walking through an airport. I can. Um, I will say this. One, one time I was very convicted because – we were younger, and we would stay up late, and um, we just, you know, we kind of did nothing, getting, and we just end up in bed about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and one day I thought, you know, this is cutting into my time in the morning. I can't do this anymore, so now you and I make it a practice to make sure between 9, 30, and 10 we're in bed. That gives me the ability to have that time in the morning, so I would say to some of you, just make sure you go to bed 15, 30 minutes earlier. Then you can get up 15 or 30 minutes earlier 
to get into the Word of God. Or they could even listen to it as they're going to bed at night. I mean, there's so yeah. many ways with the dwell. Okay, I love this question. I, I will say this, yes. though. Um, I love reading the Bible in the morning because it sets my mind in a right course for the day. Right. Yeah. Yes, and I don't even have a mind first thing in the morning. <laughs> you are fun so in the morning. We are, we are we're a little bit different there. Okay, how do you instill a love of God's Word in your children? How did how do we instill that? You know, we did two Bible studies and they were failures. Yes, I remember I had no books. I had the questions and oh my gosh, it was a colossal failure. And then I realized. I remember you getting mad at me during the Bible oh, study. Oh yeah, I, okay. I did. I did. I was like, everybody's not paying attention. You're not giving attention to the word of God. You're, you're, you're making jokes right now. You're off subject. It was, yeah. so, it was so It was so awkward. But what I realized is I started sharing with my boys what God showed me in the morning as I was reading. And that's what I do with my staff. Every day we have prayer meeting, right? And I share, you know, I'm looking at our producer right now. I'll share a little exhortation at the end every single day. And it's just something that was highlighted to me by the Holy Spirit on that morning in prayer. So I started doing that. And you and I both, because you're really good at this, we would just start incorporating it into yeah, our conversation around around the dinner table, yeah. you know, if we were all sitting around the kitchen and talking, we would just, I, I still, I it, still would, remember, it would be organic. Yeah, I, I still remember when I came and I said, guys, guys, have you seen where it says, you know, when you're coming to the altar to present and you suddenly remember someone that's upset with you? And I said, I always remember who I'm upset with, but when I suddenly remember someone that's upset with me, that is God tapping me on the shoulder. And we just started talking about that dynamic. And, and uh, you know, so it, it's organic. And yep. then my kids are like, well, wait, what, what am I missing? What might God be wanting to talk to me about? Okay. And, and then the other just, thing is they saw, they saw me reading every morning when they got up. Absolutely. And they've, they've said that many, many times yes. since. Seeing the consistency. Right. Yeah. So they've Notice they've, they did not see me, the but they've thing. seen John. It's okay, yes. babe. Yeah. <laughs> Your mind is really, really sharp at night. Mine's really sharp in the morning. So we're two different people. And, yeah. and I will say that if your mind is much sharper in the evening, then make it an evening reading time, you know, if that's when you're sharp. The important thing is that you do it. Okay, so how do you make reading the Bible fun? Which I think we kind of covered this. Number one, we make it part of conversation. Number two, we make it organic. No, no, we no, don't let me, make let me it just forced. stop right there. The what? number one thing to me that makes it fun. Okay, can we stop and just pause for a second? I have and think no idea about what you're going to say. Okay, this yeah. is the person that put the stars, every star in its orbit with his fingers and called everyone by name. This is the one that measured the width of the universe with the span of his hand. This is the one that weighed every drop of water on the planet in the palm of his hand. This is the king of the entire universe. So what you're and saying he, is he has written a book. Off. He has written a love letter to yeah. me. He's written a letter saying how much he desires me, how much he longs for me to be a part of his family. I'm like, what? What could be more fun? I mean, if the Okay, if the Queen of England or the President of the United States wrote you a letter in the mail, would you go, oh, this is no fun. I'll read this, and then you just let it sit there for a few weeks. This is the king of the universe writing a letter to me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. But this, to me, that's more of an awe for fun. Uh, okay. Again, a fun, JV is <laughs> keep one. Keep it fun, baby. Okay, keep it fun. So one of the things that we used to do, which I used to always win, was oh, Bible gosh. trivia. That's you because knew. they talked about JL. Um, okay, seriously. So <laughs> that is a fun thing. That it was kind of a fun thing. But I do I do think having conversations makes it alive and makes it fun. 
I think if it, you know, we said this a long time ago, and I hope people remember this, but we said we didn't do devotions with our kids, but we lived devoted. So that means if we were playing a game that's mm-hmm. not Bible trivia that John loses at, but just any game. I won could, the last time we played. Well, that's because you cheated. I did? How yes. did I cheat? Well, you had a whole team behind you. You've never. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but so having, making it fun to me is making it as a conversation and solution. Okay, so we're going to continue to, we have got, uh, we, first of all, I just want to say, I love getting questions from our, our viewers. I and, do too. And I think and this it's is the so funnest fun. podcast, isn't so, it? Yeah, it is. So I want to thank you for tuning in. And we just want you to rate, review, subscribe, ask us what you want us to talk about. We love that. When you do all of those things, it actually helps us get the message out. And don't forget, if you haven't already done it, download the Messenger X app. We actually have a course on this topic. What is it called? Bible Matters. Bible, Bible Matters. And you can you can watch that course and you can you can reach it out. You can start it and be like, I have I have three friends that need to do this with me. You can text them the course and they can jump in. Well, that with course you. will create a real hunger to read the Bible. Yeah, and we did that and with we Scott did it Lindsay. With Scott Lindsay from, Who, um, yeah. uh, from Faith, Faith Life. Faith, Faith Life or Works? Faith, Faith Works. Life. It's the Logos Faith Bible Life. Software Company. I think you're company. right. There's the couple. Faith yeah. Things. So, okay. um, but it was a magnificent course. It was full of uh, really uh, important information as well as just yes. stories that will create a hunger for people to read the Word of God. So that's on Messenger X. They can download it by going to uh, Apple Store and just or type Google in Mess or Google Play and type in if they've got an Android Google Play or if they just have a computer you guys you can just type messengerx.com and there's over 30 courses Bible Matters is just one of them yeah that's awesome well until next time this has been conversations with John and Lisa Bevere and we hope you are inspired to read the word of God thanks for listening to conversations with John and Lisa let us know your thoughts by leaving a review You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters, and The Messenger Podcast. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget, you can download the Messenger X app today in the App Store. Until next time.